Hi, everybody. Welcome to a, another edition of the Ahmed Bogey podcast. And uh, today I have a super cool guest. I have Ronan Hirschberg. We just did a show tonight in uh, Wunderbox here in Zurich. And uh, yeah, hi, Ronan. Hello. Hi, Ahmed. Good to see you. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been seeing you all night, but, you know, but, uh, keep seeing you. <laughs> Thanks for doing this show, first of all. How cool was this? It was great. I, it was awesome. I mean, I've been, I've been on the road doing like 10 minutes every night, so it's just nice to like do like an hour. How does it feel to do comedy? This is your first time in Europe as well, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. How has it felt overall to, you've been obviously touring with uh, Louis C.K. opening for him. This woman's uh, yeah. giving some hand gestures. Yeah, it's okay. They're, uh, they're going to set up like a, a club show. Give her a thumb. Uh, She was very oh, yeah. anti-Semitic. I don't know how she knew <laughs> that. Uh, <laughs> podcast um, is off to a great start. Really Already it's been interrupted. <laughs> by a German woman. Um, um, yeah, so I was asking, this is nice your first ass. time in Europe. Um, and uh, how's it been like? First of all, just doing comedy in Europe for the first time. Uh, what's it like doing comedy in Europe for the first time? Um, it's interesting because it's like uh, every country is kind of different. So it's like you're constantly like... It's like doing comedy for the first time again, over and over again. It's adjusting like, every night. Yeah, it's like oh, I hope this joke will work. I don't know. So it's it's been like different and like. But not only the references, like it's also just certain type of jokes that certain people don't laugh at. Yeah, I mean, it's I I am like when you go out when you go here, you do like realize you do start thinking about how referential you are. Yeah. To your like country, and it, it's 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 an it's an interesting to, thing to realize how much you depend on uh, a certain reference for a joke. Yeah. And I, I definitely am fairly referential myself. Yeah, of course. Um, so it's interesting to kind of like see that in different places. But then also like th there's a lot of jokes that will still work. You just have to explain it more, you know, yeah. like little shit. Like I have a joke about the BMI, which is the body mass and index, yeah. but abbreviations are different everywhere. So I would just say BMI, and no one knew what I was talking about. And they actually know what BMI is, but they don't know it as BMI. I think that's... Yes, Like, they exactly. know the body mass index. Exactly. But, yeah. So, like, it was like... Uh, it, was, it was this idea, like, you can't be offhand. You have to, like, overly explain. Yeah. Which is also true in America when you go on the road compared to, like... Oh, so, uh, like, you like have New a lot York. of New York jokes, for example. Yeah, jokes that just don't work in the Midwest because they're referential to fucking young generation Brooklyn bullshit, you know? So, and it's always good to open your <laughs> eyes to those things. I mean, it's interesting because I, I struggle over here, but I've, I've figured out a way to do it. But then I think about all the some comics at home, especially in, like, this Brooklyn bubble, yeah. who would, like, just die out here. just Because <laughs> like, all their jokes are fucking bullshit meaningless references you know what i mean <laughs> so you have to find the universal you know yeah and sometimes go a little broader um and make it you know not be as and that's a cool thing to learn you know that's a cool exercise for sure yeah and so things are yeah like we've talked about before black versus white yeah it's such a predominant thing in american humor Here it's like it's, yeah anglo-saxon versus, versus arabs yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's a different kind of yeah i mean there's bigotry everywhere but like uh it's <laughs> yeah. different Times. I know the bigotry doesn't always translate to, into yeah, <laughs> but it's been it's been really fun. It's been really cool, you know. And um, uh, what's been like one of your favorite places to perform? You mentioned you were in Berlin yesterday night at the arena. Yes, Israel and Germany were my two favorite places. 
Uh, How was Israel? That must have been very... You've been to Israel great. before, you mentioned. I've been once, but it was great. I mean, it was just like my people. You know what yeah. I mean? I got like an Israeli name and... Uh, <laughs> yes. And like, it's just it's just my people, you know? So, yeah. so I have a bunch of Jewish mom jokes, but they land really well there. So Israel... Honestly, Israel and Germany were both good because I'm of my Jewishness. Because it allowed me to be uh, unique and kind of have an opening. Yeah. Like in Israel, I got to talk about being Jewish in Israel and go through a lot of that. Uh, and, and that's like a fun thing to yeah. talk about there. But then in Germany, I got to talk about being a Jew in Germany. Yeah. And that had its own interesting like uh, way to set up a show. So I felt like those were the two places where I had the best. And you like, said like angle. Norway, or was it Norway where you said they were like very uh, reserved? Yeah, and... like they don't know how, yeah, they don't really smile in Norway. <laughs> They're just stone-faced. I love Norway though. Yeah. I love, I'm a big fan of like, Norwegian literature and like art. So like I'm a big fan of Norway as a country, but yeah, they're a little taciturn, you know? Yeah. What, um, what about like, just like uh, being in Europe, like uh, off stage as well? How was that? Because once again, it's your first time here. So like how- It's been a lot of experiences very quickly. Cause yeah. I went from never going to Europe to going everywhere. Yeah. Like we've gone and, but we'd be there for like a day. How, how so are the it felt like a reality TV show where you like just yeah. like go to a city and see a landmark and then rush to the you know the next you, one yeah yeah I was like like ran to France all right there's the Eiffel Tower and then you know is there anything different in Europe that you've noticed like I've noticed yes. some Americans have said like the bathrooms are uh, weird here <laughs> so the number one biggest difference right away because I mean my first impression is hotels yeah but the number one biggest difference is the the key to your hotel used to turn on the lights oh so yeah when you get the card you Energy put it in saving. a slot that yeah. turns on the electricity so we you, don't do that at all yeah, you we, don't, don't care about we just the keep energy. the lights on all day long <laughs> when we're there when we're not there but like uh uh it's nice being here because it seems like they're doing something about energy here you know I mean? <laughs> yeah I mean, exactly. we're screwed no matter what but it's nice to see them like they're, they're like kind of trying like somebody cares at least yeah, yeah. but uh <laughs> Yeah, so this whole like the light in the slot, yeah, that is like uh, though the key to what you do is you just ask for two keys, and then you can um, keep the key with the light on all the time and leave it with the lights on. So you can still. So in an American way, American you find way. a way around this yeah, where yes, you can still waste yes, energy. Exactly, <laughs> that's a loophole. <laughs> and can I? I want to ask a little bit about like um, you know doing comedy in America. You mentioned like you you go on the road a lot, uh -huh. and uh, from like you, mainly you're in New York, right? Most yeah. of the time, most of the time you're there, and then you go on the road into like mi the Midwest and all these yeah, different places. Yeah, everyone calls anything besides New York the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that refers to. I just say Midwest because I've I heard think it's like three it. states, but everyone yeah. just uses that. It's like the it's like Holland, the Netherlands. Everyone just uses it for like yeah, yeah. the whole country. That's How does that feel? Like going to is that is that also a big change from the well, bubble of like the Brooklyn? That's how I started. I'm from Kentucky. Yeah. So I started going to stuff on the road. I started in some of you know, my, my first gig on the road was in uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. So like I'm. You know, it's like Bane. I was born in the darkness. You know? So I started in that. The adjustment for me was going to New York. Really? Okay. Because yeah. I had been doing it comedy eight years by that point. So the adjustment for me was going to New York and actually kind of going the other way, learning to be a little more uh, unique and specific and not as broad. Um, was that also like comedically a big switch from going from like, you know, 
uh, going to New York? And mm -hmm. was that a thing where you're like, oh my God, the comedians are super sharp here, or you know, stuff like that? Or was yes, it? Yes, it's not everyone. So when when I was in my hometown, I was, you know, there were some good comics, but you definitely get to the top pretty quickly. And I don't think that hurt me really being in my hometown. It actually gave me. I was always writing a lot of material and trying new stuff. So I, I definitely think it happened in that sense. I when I got to New York, I became much tighter. Yeah. Joke, joke, joke. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the sets are shorter. So like, um, especially when you start, you do these open mics that are like two minutes. Yeah. So you get like, you learn how to get like, kind of really tight in your act. Um, I'd say like, when I moved to New York, it wasn't that everyone was so good. But there would be, okay, so like I'd move to New York. The best way to explain it is I'd move to New York and I'd watch a show I couldn't get on. Like, you know, yeah. New York will have shows that are like hard to get on. You have to be there a couple of years. And I'd watch every comic on the show. And I wasn't on, so I was, you know, jealous. And I'd watch every comic and I'd be like, I'm better than that comic. I'm better than that comic. I'm better than that comic. But then there'd always be one comic on every show that made me want to quit comedy because they're so good. Oh wow! So that's really? that's really it wasn't like everyone's so good. Yeah. But one person on a show, a bunch of with a bunch of weeklies, but that one person makes you want to quit. Yeah. yeah. And how was it like performing at the cellar? Because like for a lot of European comedians or people from outside, just like me, for example, uh -huh. I view the comedy cellar as this like mecca of comedy. Yeah. Where like this is where it's fucking done and i've had the chance to work with a few comedy seller comedians you know like um ian fidance i've done a show with him and a couple other people and i've definitely always noticed it's like a different pedigree of comedian uh -huh. where i can immediately notice it you know what uh, i mean seller comic um yeah i mean the seller is really good and there's uh there's like like you get to see great comics there and uh there's its own mythology you know you definitely yeah. get uh the cellar's a place where it's an interesting place because the cellar you have a lot of older comics who are like treated like an open mic yeah and then you have newer comics like me and other comics who are just trying to like crush there all the time is it is it like this also for comedians in new york is it like this legendary place mm -hmm. it yeah. is it's not like just like it, it doesn't normalize where you go. Oh yeah, I'm at the cellar. This is just my place where I try. No, it, it has its own mythology for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, some of it perpetuated by itself, like anything. <laughs> but like yeah. uh, it has its own mythology, and it's a great. It's a great. It's a stressful place. It's very stressful because you get spots every week. Yeah. And you, everyone waits to get their spots on a Tuesday, and it's it, it's like fucking you know like in the movies where like. You find out you're in a play and you look at the audition. It's like that over yeah, and over yeah. and over again. So you're like, you can get very stressed about spots, the number of spots, whether the booker likes you or the doesn't like you. So it can be very stressful. When I was first going, when I first was there, I had a lot of anxiety. Um, Is there a lot of camaraderie? Which made me I could never like write for SNL because oh, I, had, yeah. I just have too much anxiety for the shit. Oh yeah, of course. And is there like a lot of camaraderie with the comedians there? Or is it like hyper competitive? Uh, it's both. I mean, there's camaraderie, and a lot of it's real, and a lot of it's fake, and uh, uh, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know. There's, <laughs> you know, it depends who 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 you know. You know, yeah. like you have your friends, and then you have it's like anywhere else. You have yeah. your friends, you have your people who you pretend to like, but deep down you're like that person sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but you know for most part it's you know on the surface everything's pretty nice yeah, yeah yeah do you ever get bumped by like famous comedians 
Uh, yes. Though I have not. Every time I get bummed, I still go on. Yeah. Uh, I just wait for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. I've I've had to follow Chris Rock, John Mulaney, um, wow, and stuff like that. I don't mind following. I actually think it's 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 actually if you know what you're doing, it's fine. Yeah. Because then yeah. you're the underdog when you go on stage. Of course. And for some reason, they think you're gonna really suck. But you you end up doing really well. That's the thing. You end yeah. up doing well because for them, a lot of times, it's like very much an open mic. So you're bringing your A game. Yeah. So they go up and they do an open mic and it's whatever. They're working on shit. Yeah, sure. And then you go up and they're like, oh, well, we thought we saw everything. But then you're like giving it your all. So it's, it's like a surprise attack. It actually, unless you suck, it's like can make you look pretty good. Is that, is that also like a great place to... Um... Because exactly, like these uh, bigger famous comedians come and test out stuff and they use it as an open mic and yes. then you come up with the, you know, your A material yeah. and it, that must be like a great way to test yourself out. You know what I mean? Like put it Yeah, put it you, the, the seller, you know, I try to work on some new shit, but I do that more other places. Yeah. Seller's a place where you're like, try to crush. At least in the beginning. Yeah. And I've only been there for a couple of years. Yeah. What was your favorite place to perform in? Uh... You know, I don't know. I mean, there's, um, I really like New York Comedy Club. It's yeah. like a little comedy club that has like the one, there's two of them, but there's one that's like very small and intimate and I really love. Uh, I recorded my first or my second album there. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I like the cellar, but the cellar's a lot of pressure. So yeah. it's fun when it's fun, but it's also like, you know, Sometimes it's... It's the big leagues, so to yeah, say. Sometimes yeah, sometimes it's really fun to not... I, I said, like, on this tour, like, I was telling you earlier, like, I did an open mic in Copenhagen in front of eight people. Yeah. And I, had, in a weird way, I had more fun at that than, You like, felt six, more at home somehow? Than the 6,000 people I performed <laughs> yeah. at the next day. Uh, because there was no stakes, and I got to fuck around. And sometimes, like, anything in life, hype will ruin anything, you yeah, know, yeah, right? So, yeah. like, anything you're excited for is not going to live up to the hype. Yeah. And all good things in life kind of come as like a surprise you're not waiting for. You know, that's the thing about life. It's like yeah. the good moments are just like you're at a diner with some friends and it's like, oh, this is a good moment. So like just doing an open mic and fucking around and no stakes, that can be more fun sometimes. Yeah. So the seller's awesome, but it's a lot of pressure. And uh, so sometimes just doing like a dumb bar show somewhere, working on new jokes can be more fun at times. You know? <laughs> That's cool. And uh, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before too, but um, just in general, it's been cool, of course, touring with uh, with Louis uh, on this uh, whole European tour, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's been great, yeah. I mean, uh, is, is it the first time you've opened for him? No, I've opened for him, this is the third time I've been on like a, like a long road yeah. thing with him i went with him for like a month to a bunch of clubs in america and yeah. then another time for another month or a little less than a month to a bunch of theaters so i've done clubs theaters and now you're and do you know how he became aware of you uh yeah i uh uh well i was i was introduced to him through joe list yes we do a podcast together yeah i know it joe oh yeah joe has a joe was doing a show in pennsylvania at this place called soldiers it's like an outdoor it's like an outdoor show, which became very popular during the pandemic, and yeah. it, it was like a just a basically like a hangar, like almost like a airport hangar or something. Yeah. It was just like a metal tent in the fucking middle of <laughs> nowhere. But Joe was doing a show there, and he asked me to open for him. But then Louis was going to do a surprise drop in on the show, so I ended up 
the first time I met him, I was on a, a car ride with him to Pennsylvania, which yeah. is very surreal because he, he was always my favorite. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then like the first time I met him, we're just on a road trip. It's just a weird thing, you know? Yeah, of course. I, I watched uh, you and him talk. Uh, you know, you guys did like this. Um, I don't know what it was exactly called, but it was like a video podcast of you two talking about. Yeah, it was a podcast about like Stanley Kubrick. Or, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, you guys yeah. were talking about uh, you guys were talking about movies. Of course, you do the podcast with Joe List about movies. Yeah. Right. And it's really cool. Thanks, I, I listen yeah. to it all the time. And, oh, uh, awesome. We're very uh, disorganized. I, I, I <laughs> supposed to put up an episode like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about movies yeah, uh, with sure. you as well, man. Sure. Uh, you mentioned Batman on stage, I did. which I haven't gotten the chance to watch yet, but like, fuck hey, it. But it. you hated it, right? Yeah, yeah. Was it an emo Robert Pattinson? Is exactly what I expected. Yeah, to be? he's like just looks like a vegan, anemic, pale. He just look, <laughs> like never has a Batman look more like he can't fight. <laughs> yes. You know, it's supposed to be a billionaire. Yeah, it's just fucking. <laughs> He's just like a little bitch. I don't know. I hate it. It's like no characters. It's just all like mood. It's, it's also like people are like, this is a new type of Batman. What, a moody Batman? They've, yeah, exactly. they've done that like 400 times now. Like, I tell you, if you just give something two years and then pass it off, like it's new, people are like, oh, yeah. They like, yeah, just, yeah, they like yeah. just want to pretend it's new. They're like, yeah, he's moody this time. He's been moody every time. He has, he has anxiety. Dark, <laughs> but it's darker. You know, shut up. How dark could it get? It what's was your, so bad. What's your favorite Batman? Was it Christopher Nolan stuff? No, my favorite Batman is the Michael Keaton original. Oh, really? That's interesting. I think that's the best Batman. I think Michael Keaton is by far the best Batman because I think he plays it with real trauma. Yeah. So when you watch Michael Keaton, you never forget that his parents died. You know yeah. I mean? It's it's a shadow every over every scene, and you're not looking at some. It's not a corny superhero movie. You're looking at a guy it's with not the, trauma. Yeah. That is like kind of like stuck in this. It's not the George Clooney version. No. Yeah. Or the I mean the Christopher Nolan one, which is tries to be dark. I like Christopher Nolan movies, but they I like those too. But they try to be dark, but they're constrained. By the fact that they're Hollywood movies, so even the the one with uh, Heath Ledger, yeah, as dark as it pretends to be, it's still you know it's still ultimately just about being a hero, you know yeah, what I mean? And exactly, that's true. Evil, you know what I mean? But the Michael Keaton one is real trauma, and I think Jack Nicholson, even though he's goofy, I think he is conveys an anarchist spirit in a way. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, I think Heath Ledger's great as Joker, but Nolan's dialogue is always just ideas. So the yeah. characters, so Heath Ledger gives a great performance. But if you listen to his dialogue, he's just explaining anarchy the whole time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and in a way, Jack Nicholson is is more in the anarchist spirit because he is anarchy. He's not yeah. explaining it. He just is that. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. But so I like that one. But I, I also love, I mean, I do like the East Ledger one. Okay. You know? Which one did you like the most? I'm just curious. Which one did you like the most of, of the Christopher Nolan ones? The Begins, Dark Knight Returns, and... I thought and they're the, all good. Yeah. I think, I mean, I really like Dark Knight. But I also really like Dark Knight Rises. I think Bane... I mean, we were all pumped for that, too, because you had the whole other two movies to get excited about for this yeah. final of the trilogy. And I think Bane is... That character's really awesome, even though by the end it just reveals that he's just doing it for this girl. Like I know, like, I know. It's kind of lame. All, yeah. Because he comes off as this, like, Nietzschean revolutionary, <laughs> you know what I mean? Take control of your city. Yeah. And then by the end he's just not a character. He's just doing it for her. But he's so good at it. Yeah, I I I think that movie. I mean, they're all heavily flawed. Yeah, uh, I know. But like, like I think I think that I think they're both. I think all three of those movies 
are very good. And the, the Dark Knight one is probably is the best because Heath Ledger. I mean, is one so flaw amazing. that annoys me a lot in those movies is that like Batman is going to save the city by destroying the city yeah. in every scene. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like buildings are coming down, everything gets destroyed yeah. in order to save the city. <laughs> well, that's the thing about this because they ultimately, like, the, the reason I like the original Batman is it's more about. It's not the grief. destruction and this Hollywood movie. It's more movie about of, grief. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. very personal. Yeah. You know? But like, the, to me, the worst part about the, the Nolan movies is I, I don't think Christian Bale as Batman is that interesting. I, I don't think they get into his parents. Yeah. I, don't th I think you very much forget about it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing with Michael Keaton. You never forget about it. With George Clooney, it's like you never think about it. Val Kilmer, you barely think about it. And then <laughs> Val Kilmer is Christopher it. Nolan. I mean, the, his Batman is like the Bruce Wayne is not that. It's just like it's just kind of like American Psycho. He's just like kind of yeah, like, pretends true, to be a actually. sociopath. <laughs> he's just not that interesting a character. And then like he's Ledger's dark, but then by the end, it's still that's the thing about these movies. It's like trying to show nihilism or all this stuff. Yeah. But at the end, it's still the prisoner who refuses to blow up the, the boat. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, Batman basically like telling jokes. belief in humanity. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, well, then what the fuck are we, why, why are, are we, we even all here? fucking yeah. dark? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, man. Um, oh my God. I want to talk a little bit more about movies. We don't have super much time. Uh, and this is a terrible question to ask you, but whatever. please tell me some of your like favorite movies that just come into your mind that you love, you watch over and over again, maybe. Uh, my favorite movies are not movies I always watch over and over again. Joe is like very much like compulsive with yeah. what he watches. I don't really like rewatch. I mean, I'll watch it like a movie I love like once every couple of years, but I don't like rewatch. But the movie that I love like uh, Sideways. Oh, okay. Wow. Sideways. Interesting. Yeah, I love, it's one of my favorites. Nashville, the Robert Altman movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love so many movies. Uh, Jaws, which I have I guess, seen many yeah. times. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't know. There's and Kubrick is as a. I have mixed feelings. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's. I love a lot about him, but I also find him inhumane and cold. And uh, you mean of, in his movie making, or like as a as like a person director? I don't know about as a person as uh, aesthetically yeah. directing. Yeah, I just think his stuff is like. It is cold. That is true. Actually, That's he doesn't really seem that interested in the actors which is where i think is like sometimes like well his movies are like rarely about like necessarily the human condition or this humanistic kind of connection or something i know which i don't i kind of always need that a little yeah of course uh the movies i love are the movies ultimately about characters interacting with each other yeah yeah and a relationship between at least two characters yeah uh a lot of times in his movies there's no like yeah. there's no real relationships that are like I mean, there's just not that. But I think there's so many things about him that are amazing, too, obviously. I'm just, you know, I like I like to connect to things on, like, an emotional level, ultimately. Eyes Wide Shut, what do you think about that one? I think it's really goofy. I don't yeah. know. I, I have a lot of friends who love it. I, I don't get it. Really? I, yeah. Apparently, people like, like it a lot more now than when it came out. I... I find it almost corny. Like, I find it very corny. I find it very much, like... Um, trying to be something that... I just think that the I, the if it, it, it was based on a short story or novella from the fifties, and it feels like it's a movie that thinks its concept is really in, like controversial. Amazing, yeah. Or it's like, yeah. I mean, 
men wanting to have affairs. Like, like it's just yeah, like, I know exactly. It's just like, like you mean the oldest fucking yeah. <laughs> like it, yeah. It, it tries to pass off something that's very commonplace as controversial. Well, it's like the like the scene with like Nicole Kidman. Where she gets high and she tells the story about yeah. oh there's a sailor it's and like, it's like yeah why is this so, so like yeah I wanted to fuck someone else in wow. my marriage yeah I know what it, a mind blowing idea it felt very like commonplace uh, I also like also that scene where they get high is so bad because I know that is one of the clearly worst Scientologists who've never smoked weed before <laughs> it's just like the worst yeah so I, I find I just I mean there's cool shit in it but I of course yeah I find it very goofy I like I love Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, of course. That's I think a great with one. Comedy, you don't need to <laughs> be yeah. moving. I love Doctor Strange Love, and um, I do like the soundtrack of Eyes Wide Shut. Like I don't know, I forgot Chris, the composer's uh, name, Isaacs? but the whole the, oh, the, the not boom, Chris boom. Isaac, no, the piano thing oh, that repeated. Yeah, 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 that yeah. Was no, I mean, there's creepy. obviously amazing stuff in it. I yeah. just went to the Kubrick Museum in uh, uh, Madrid, and it was incredible. There's a Kubrick Museum in Madrid. Well, yeah. I think it's traveling exhibit, but it's amazing. They have like. They have the dresses from the twins in Shining, which are just sitting there. They just look really haunted. Um, but uh, oh yeah, it's amazing. They have so yeah. many. Sh they have so many amazing things in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was a genius in many ways. Of course. And uh, there's so many cool things. There's this letter he's writing to Arthur C. Clarke. You know, uh, Arthur C. Clarke, the sci-fi writer. Okay. Yes. Who they eventually they eventually collaborated on 2001. Yeah. Yeah. And created it together. Um, and there's a letter he wrote to Arthur C. Clarke where he's just like, "Hey, I really like your work. If you ever want to get lunch sometimes, to just like talk about maybe making a movie, yeah, I'd be down." No, man, it's just that's like, so wow, cool. The letter. That's that the began letter. The lunch that began 2001. I know that's never gonna happen these days. It's gonna yeah. be like the DM. Yeah, <laughs> DM that just fucking phone, just a phone frozen in a glass <laughs> yes, exactly. in a museum. <laughs> a but it, yeah, there's a lot of like really cool letters in there that were um i want to ask you something about like in general cinema in general mm -hmm. this is a feeling i have i feel like the age of the movie is like almost going away and i love movies i uh -huh. i love what it stands for but i feel like more and more these days there's none of these you know people have said this before like there's the there's the, the independent movies at the very bottom and then there's the hollywood movies at the very top and then there were all these like super interesting movies in between, like Sideways, for example, right? Yeah, those don't. Yeah, they, they don't the really get made anymore. Yeah, does exactly. Not really exist in a in a weird way. It's, it's like, like a giant Marvel thing that's going to bring in money Marvel and branding, or like fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, it's true. I mean, like, it's a hard thing to like for like you age yourself by saying there used to be. You know, movies with a decent sized budget about people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that just doesn't exist anymore. Even like, I don't like American Beauty, but that's a good example of a movie that's just like. You don't like uh, American Beauty? No. It's, it's very bad. But that's still an example of like human beings of in a course, movie that's yeah. like a decent sized budget. Uh, somebody had a cool idea yeah, that and turned like, it into. You know, like, but like, yeah, that doesn't. That doesn't really exist I mean, anymore. Not really, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, is it like, is, is the well, new movie movies, theaters. are they just like TV shows basically that go on much longer for three seasons? Is I that, guess because so, that yeah. still Because that still exists. Yeah, that still exists. I don't know. I mean, I think like, if you look at the best movies, of this, I mean, it's all like mostly foreign films now. Like and, you kind of have well, to I can't even to... tell you like a movie that was made in the last uh, three, four years that I was like, ooh, that, you know. 
I think yeah. like I, seriously, the last movie I watched in the cinema that I really enjoyed was like Interstellar or something. Where I was like, good, oh, yeah. that was a good movie. That was interesting. I mean, there's been plenty of great movies since then. That was I like mean, 10 sure. years ago. <laughs> I know, was that 10 years ago? I think I dated myself. I know, but like, I, I've fallen out of it a little bit. I think you just stopped watching movies. Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of did. You're probably right about that. No, there's been some great. I mean, I mean, I do love watching old movies just yeah, because. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot watch, of times it's better, better to yeah, sorry. watch old movies because there's like, it's, 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 you have a better chance of seeing a great movie that's old than whatever, you know. Yeah, of course. Like I watched the uh, Midnight Cowboy, yeah, and just great. the fact that of when it was made in New York in those days, it's like you enter this whole new entire yeah. world just from the fact that it's an old movie. That movie also just makes you so nostalgic for this old New York. I it captures. It yeah, that's you. true. I cry at that song for some reason. You know well, the main I mean, theme of, the of, of uh, Midnight you mean Cowboy, the most the, beautiful song ever. Yeah, the violin. Everybody's music. talking. Oh my god, man! By Harry Nilsson. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly that one. Yeah, you mean I don't like the most beautiful song ever? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's so moving. Are you Are you interested in movie making at all, or are you just more of a? Yeah, I, I read screenplays. Uh, I actually yeah. went to college for screenwriting. Okay, and well. I, I've written like ten feature length screenplays. Um, with a buddy of mine, and uh, we, you know, we 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 wrote a lot back in the day, and then I kind of broke off to do comedy. He went and did like a lot of playwriting, yeah. and now we're back together. We've written like a couple of screenplays the last couple of years, and we're you know we're trying to sell them. You know, we get interest every once in a while. Yeah. Um, but I think I am going to try to make something next year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh. But yeah, no, I'm very much interested in movies, which yeah. is tough because I'm on do a podcast where I talk shit. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Joe's very worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my. I, I, uh, what do you met guys? Tarantino. What's I? In Israel, we met Tarantino. What? Yeah, he came to the show. Holy shit, he was in Israel? Yeah, he lives he in Israel. He had an Israeli wife. And oh, okay, yeah, he I've heard that. He came to the show, the Louis show. He came twice. He came, like, that's how really? much of a loser he is. Really? He came <laughs> once and then he came <laughs> But like, he came up to me and he was like, so you're the guy with the podcast, huh? Oh. And it was like literally the last episode. Wow. We were just doing like, if you had to erase one person from history, who would it be? And it was like, <laughs> Tarantino, Scorsese, Spielberg, and I was like Tarantino in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> oh my god, was that like a? Did did you get nervous when he said that? That sounds like it would stress you out when Tarantino comes up to you and goes, "Hey, I've been listening to your podcast about would, movies." Well, I don't think he had listened. He just Louis had just. Uh, oh, he told just knew about, about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay, but Joe was like, "What if he listens and he sees us?" He probably does. Once in a while, he must have. Yeah, um, he wouldn't see me. You know, are you know. you're a fan of Tarantino? Yeah, but he's not my favorite. Not your favorite, yeah. No, he. But his, a lot of his stuff exists in this like fantasy world. Yeah, of I course. like real stuff. Yeah, that's, true. that's I, true. Not not to say that he doesn't have real stuff, but I like love Jackie Brown and yeah. Uh, but you know, to me, something like Pulp Fiction doesn't really. I don't know. They've made it doesn't fun really of me. connect with you. It's just yeah, like this because it's just like it's almost like Lord of the Rings. This is own <laughs> fantasy world. <laughs> it's just like this um, amalgamation of like. Cool people doing cool things yeah. with I cool mean, dialogue. There's, a, there's awesome stuff in it. Of course, I love people it. People give the way. me shit on the podcast because they say it's not really about anything, and they think that's, that's true. Insane, kind but of. it's true. It's they true slap it, on a theme about redemption, but it's just a made-up arbitrary. Yeah, theme. it's not really about yeah. that. It's just but, about these mini stories. That but I think other, some of those other movies do have, like I think Jackie Brown, and I think Inglorious Bastards, and uh, Django Unchained are, have really great shit to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Django Unchained was also not bad. Definitely, it did. Um, 
I know, I know what you mean. He adds these things into his movies. I feel like sometimes to like break that uh, uh, thing of reality. Yeah. Like in Django, at the end, where somebody shoots somebody and they go like in this physically impossible way. Yeah. Out of screen. Yes. Blow, the woman gets blown away. Yeah, exactly. And it's like it, I, I guess that's something he does on purpose. Just like this. Com- there's always a comedic undertone almost yeah. to his most well, so serious movies. Artificiality. Even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he's. I mean, he still has great stuff. I mean, you know, he's still one of the best. Did you watch like, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah, the first time I watched it, I was like really bored and like annoyed by how aggressively unedited it was. That's how but I then felt. I watched it again. And I was like, I kind of liked it a lot more. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe I give that one another watch. I felt the same way. I almost stopped it halfway through. It was like I was aggressively like, unedited. It just felt like, yeah, it just felt like Tarantino going like, "This is just amazing. He's I'm a, gonna do." He's like a comic who's good. But also is arrogant, and you can see the arrogant. Every comic's arrogant. Yeah. But some comics bring the arrogance on stage with them, so they're good. But you're also like he's kind of an arrogant douche. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Tarantino's like as a director. It's like even in his best movies, he kind of wants to remind you he's great. Yeah. You know. Um. He's like the Drew Michael of. <laughs> <laughs> is there is there something that you and Joe? Completely disagree with movies wise. Oh, everything. Like, so is Joe, there like one big well, Joe crux? Joe has like childhood favorites, and I, I guess I, a lot of them I watch now. And I'm like, these are terrible. Like Blues Brothers or fucking. Oh yeah, uh, that's kind of. I kind of. He loves Field of Dreams. I think. I think like all Field of ch- Dreams is kind of a Home classic. Alone, that everybody... I think all of his childhood favorite movies suck. Yeah. <laughs> Home Alone does suck. But he Actually, has better taste. He has better taste. I think for like now. Yeah. I think it's just like a nostalgic attachment. I, I think a lot of those movies he loves as a kid. Like if you saw them now, I don't think yeah. he'd like them. Is there like one movie you can recommend to people that they wouldn't have heard of? Like something that's kind of flown under the radar? That Because like all these great movies we're talking about, everybody kind of knows it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, hmm. And I've watched Irreversible already. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like I don't like... Um, what's a good movie people don't know about um i know i love i don't know i love this movie happiness by todd salons i know that welcome to the dollhouse uh oh my god i'm forgetting his name this actor that died yeah welcome to the dollhouse by todd salons i think those are both great storytelling by him um i think what else is great that people don't know huh it's a good question i'm trying to think of like um yeah i don't know I'm not like I'm not like I mean like I'm a film buff I guess but I'm not like uh, have you seen this 1922 <laughs> yes, film this French yeah <laughs> uh, okay I see that. yeah you know um, but I mean I, I know I do I have these movies in my head that are great that yeah you know yeah. but I can't uh, what about um, there's a movie in America I love Jim I mean it's not people know it but Jim Sheridan but I just think it's great and uh, underrated. Um, in America, yeah. It's called In America? Yeah. yeah. Secrets and Lies is a great British movie, but I mean, that's... Yeah, yeah. People know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, so I'm not going to keep you longer. Thank you so much for uh, having a little podcast with me. This was oh, lovely. Course, was so Thank fun. you so yeah. much. <laughs> I was super psyched to know that you met Tarantino in Israel. Oh, yeah. That it sounds was, it amazing, was dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is great. You, know, you put on a great show. and uh, hey, Thank you, man. Thank you yeah. so much. And we're going well, to see each other tomorrow and Sunday. Yes. Too. Yeah, yes. dude. All right. Thanks thank you very so much, much Ron. And your special is coming out. Well, it's going well, to be taped have, yes. to come out later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you want to watch, I have an old special on YouTube. 
yeah. uh, downhill ever since. So, uh, oh yeah, I've checked that out. Go it's check that funny. out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I was promoting it for your fans, but you were like, oh yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's great. But yeah, definitely yeah, check it you. out. Yeah, yeah, check um, that stuff out, and just follow you on uh, Run On Comedy. Yeah, R A N. Yeah, two A's. Run On Comedy on Instagram. You have some hilarious stuff up there. Well, thank you very much, man. Thank you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you very much. Bye.